Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. Jacob, we have uh, we have survived the uh, the open week. We're uh, we're we're rested and uh, allegedly <laughs> rested and and ready to go for for Baylor week here. Um, the key is, can we survive the return that's, to football? That's that's the, that's the key. It was uh, it was it was nice to have a little bit of a break. Didn't feel like uh, it didn't last long enough. It's no. like it was like summer vacation when you were in elementary school. Like it goes by way too fast. It goes by way too fast. Um, but we're here. We are. It's it's game week again, and uh, and and we're back. Got a uh, got a special guest later, Adam Cook from CTV in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Who, who are you uh, talking about? Who, who has known uh, has known Chuba Hubbard for uh, for a good long while? Got to know him starting in his uh, sophomore year of high school at Bev Facey Community uh, High School there in Sherwood Park, and so he uh, he offers some uh, some interesting insight. I uh, spoke with him uh, earlier. I don't want to act like it was live because it wasn't. Um, I spoke with him earlier today. I uh, he reached out to me to uh, to join him on uh, on Canadian television, which was a blast. I, so, I so so you're saying next week I'm gonna be hosting this podcast alone? Oh because yeah. you're gonna be Canadian TV. Star. I'm gonna be in Edmonton uh, and I'll be a, a superstar on on Canadian sports television. I'm sure. Sweet. I, there's no doubt in my mind. No, Sweet. not one single doubt. All right. Well, uh, let's jump into it. Um, I had uh, we got to visit with the players first time since post game at Texas Tech. It was uh, nice to get to talk to the guys. They uh, seem to be in a good frame of mind right now. I think. Yeah, they were pretty relaxed. Yeah, it was uh, it was a relaxing evening. It was very windy uh, and uh, in the bowels of Boone Piggins Stadium. It was an odd kind of eerie, like Halloween. Yeah, it was very very Halloweenish under there with the the, the wind kind of whistling through under the uh, under the rafters of the stadium. So it was a strange uh, strange setting, but it was it was good to get to talk to the guys. Um, I know you visited with with Bryce Bray. You also wrote about Hunter Anthony earlier this week. The offensive line. Maybe one of the bigger questions going into this uh, to this homecoming game against Baylor on Saturday. Yeah, we've seen the last two games. We saw two different alignments for mm-hmm. this group. Um, you've seen guys bounce around. Hunter Anthony has played two different positions: uh, right right guard, right tackle. Uh, Bryce Bray's played both tackles, played right guard. Mm-hmm. You've got these guys bouncing all over the place, trying to find the right formula with some injuries. Um, Tevin Jenkins returned. Obviously against Texas Tech, um, but Dylan Galloway is still questionable this week. Yeah, Gundy acted yesterday like he was getting closer. Said he was hoping to get him in this Saturday, but it wasn't sure. Uh, so that kind of leaves things still a little shuffled there. Um, and you asked Bryce, you know, how he's dealt with it, and he didn't really seem too bothered by it. He said, you know, I'm just, you know, I could, I could do anything I need to do up there and, and make it work. And yeah, um, he's. You know, he he seemed to adjust well, and I, I asked him. I said, you know, did you, you know, because he was going into camp, you know, to play a different position, and then all of a sudden he comes out right. of the depth chart at a different spot too. And I yeah. said, did that was that was that it with this in mind? This scenario, he said, no, we didn't have any injuries in mind. <laughs> like, well, that's not what I'm asking necessarily, <laughs> but you know, it was the benefit of a fall camp for him that he did play multiple positions in camp and learn it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, there was a, there was a while there early in August when I thought he was going to be the starting left tackle for this team. 
I thought that might be the uh, the route that they went. And when uh, when he popped up on the depth chart at right guard, I was uh, I was a little surprised by that. I understood it once uh, once I kind of took a second to compute everything and realized that you know this is the this is the best five, and that's what you want out there. So um, that right guard position is going to be, I think, uh, the uh, the the one that's that I'm most curious about on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, if Galloway comes back and and You've got Bray there. You know how does he handle being back in that spot after uh, two games away from it? Uh, if if Galloway is not back, is it uh, is it Hunter Anthony? Is it Rice Schneider? Is it a combination of the two rotating like they did against Texas Tech? And regardless of who it is, how do they hold themselves uh, hold themselves up? Because this is a pretty stout Baylor defensive front. They got twenty three sacks. Yeah, already. Um, OSU has eight. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's a huge difference right now in this pass rush between these two teams. Um, you know, Baylor's doing with a three man front, which is fascinating in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got they got a nose guard, and I'm blanking on his name. And I just wrote about him the other day. This guy <laughs> already got like nine, eight and a half sacks, I think. Right. Um, himself, and that's impressive. Yeah. And they're coming in there, and they're gonna rush. They're gonna they're gonna find a way to get to the quarterback. And Spencer obviously is mobile. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this line, do they go back to what they did against Kansas State, that alignment that worked so well with Chuba then? Right. Or do you go back to Texas, you know, stick with Texas Tech plan that, that didn't seem to really work too well? Yeah. And you've got to assume that Baylor is going to copy a good portion of what Texas Tech did mm-hmm. in its pass rush to try to get to Spencer Sanders. So that uh, that raises some questions in, in how you've got to attack this as well. and. You know, who you're most comfortable with being out there, and um, you know Hunter Anthony is uh, is an interesting kid. I think he's going to be a really talented offensive lineman. I think getting uh, getting shuffled inside was a little bit tricky for him. Yeah. Uh, that for that first game to do it off of, you know, he goes through the the whole process of okay, you're getting ready to make your first college start. Comes out, plays well at right tackle. Then a week later, boom, you're at a, at a different position. One that I don't know how much he's ever played. I mean, he was never. Uh, a, a guard from uh, any time that I remember no. in high school. No, uh, definitely so. not. Now, the funny, interesting thing about that was when I talked to Tuttle coach Brad Ballard over the weekend about Hunter. Um, he said he actually thought Hunter would be moved to right guard right away in college, or That's to guard interesting. In, in general, to a guard spot. Um, he uh, he he said that he thought that he might struggle with some of the edge rushers, the speed. Huh? He said, but he plays so high that yeah. he has to play him a tackle, and he's strong enough and big enough, right? Obviously, so um, so he said he wasn't surprised to see him at right guard, but uh, he also thinks that he could play tackle too. So he's you know he could see either way. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard, we visited with with him this evening. He was uh, in a uh, in a in a good state of mind talked a lot about the offensive line and how hard they're working and uh and uh, you know how that uh, how that motivates him he's a, a very team-oriented guy and um you know you could uh, you could you could see uh that he really appreciates what those guys are doing in front of him that i think is an area where oklahoma state could have an opportunity to uh, to really do some things not necessarily because of Baylor's defensive line, but because of the linebacker situation with Clay Johnston out and the shuffling that's going to go on there. Uh, now Terrell Bernard moves moves into the uh, the middle linebacker spot. You know, and how does that change things? They're 
the, that whole dynamic. You talk about stats. Clay Johnson had 58 tackles through six games. Wow. Terrell Bernard was second on the team with 30. I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a major loss for the Baylor defense in a lot of ways, not just from production, but he's a, a guy that that moves well sideline to sideline, and and impacts a lot of plays that he doesn't even make, and he's from all sounds of it a, a defensive leader for this group. So it's a, a really big deal, and I think that it could open the door if Oklahoma State is able to take advantage for another big day for Chuba Hubbard. Absolutely. Um, we, we can't say good enough things about Chuba, yeah. to be honest. And opens the door for him. I think it opens the door for Spencer to have a big day with yeah. his legs um, and making some plays there. Um, I'm still wanting them to get Tylen involved more. I feel like we haven't, we haven't got to talk about Tylen a lot right. lately, yeah. which is kind of weird. You have yeah. one of the best receivers in the country. We feel like we haven't talked about him much. Right. It's uh, yeah. At least not since uh, not since about the Texas game. It feels like it's Tylen's been... still good. Everybody. Yeah. He's still good. He is. Um, but uh, but but setting up things for uh, for after the break when I visit with Adam Cook. Uh, I know you've done uh, radio in Canada. I, I went on uh, via FaceTime uh, this uh, TV station with Adam Cook. Chuba Hubbard is ridiculously popular in the Edmonton and Alberta area right now. It's it's pretty crazy what uh, what things are like for uh, from a, a, a media perspective and how he's being viewed and a fan perspective up there. It sounds like it really is like you. I think what was it two weeks ago? OSU had a ten or eleven Canadian yeah. media outlet request mm-hmm. to get Juba. They were supposed to do a conference call with him at one point, right? With just Canadian outlets, yeah. Which I thought was fascinating, yeah. Um, and Chuba's not the kind of kid that really craves his attention no. necessarily. No. So that's even more fascinating to me how he's dealing with it. Um, he's good for it though. I mean, he handles everything really well. It seems like, uh, but it's it's cool to see a kid who grew up playing Canadian rules football. You know, twelve players on the field, things like that, getting this attention uh, for American football. Um, I think there's probably a lot of questions like, oh, he's going all the way down to Oklahoma, which is interesting right. to some yeah. people. Um, you know, we're so far away from Canada, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they're eating it up. And you know, I talked to those people; they're they're trying to figure out, you know, where is Oscar the Heisman? You know, like <laughs> right. what, what are the odds for the Heisman? And right now, obviously, they're not great, um, but they're still there, yeah. and there's still interest there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I won't uh, I won't spoil any of my interview with uh, with Adam Cook. I'll uh, uh, I'll let everybody enjoy that. But he had some fascinating things to say about that, and. Uh, um, you know, kind of the uh, the landscape of of high school football and the understanding of college football in America from uh, from the Canadian perspective. So, with that, we'll take a quick break. My interview with Adam Cook of CTV in Edmonton, Alberta, coming up next on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, and I'm joined by a special guest right now, Adam Cook, a sports anchor and reporter for CTV in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, the uh, the very nearby Sherwood Park where Chuba Hubbard, Oklahoma State's star running back, grew up. And uh, Adam, you've known you've known Chuba for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. We started, we first kind of uh, ran into him, uh, I think it might have been when he was in his grade 10 years, so he's just starting out high school, 
and he was uh, he kind of just he, he came onto the football scene, he stormed onto the football scene, but what was really kind of uh, impressive for us was the fact that he was a nationally ranked sprinter as well, and he had like, you know, top-notch speed on the track and on the football field, so he was a fantastic two-sport athlete right off the top, which is uh, really extremely rare in, in this neck of the woods, so he's been in the spotlight for a very long time. What uh, what was what was Chuba like? You know, we see him uh, in in glimpses up here now as a uh, as a third year college student. What was he like back then? What kind of kid was he? He was he's always been very soft spoken and not very. Uh, he doesn't like the spotlight too much or the attention, and it's it's such a contrast to how he plays the game and just how fast he was on the track. I mean, you know, most most athletes with that kind of skill and talent at a young age. I mean. I think the you know the ego perhaps gets the better of them, but Chuba he's never been like that, and he's quick to kind of uh, you know thank his coaches, thank his teammates, but he's really really always been like that. And even last year, he was on a break. He came up uh, around Christmas time, and he went. He, one of the first things he wanted to do when he got back into town after seeing family and friends was get back to his old high school and just kind of hang out for a few hours. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> Which was uh, which was, was pretty amazing, and I mean, just the reaction to this kid coming back into the school, um, it, it was fascinating. It was just kind of weird to see you know, the reaction of the teachers and his former coaches uh, that were all there for his national signing day, and they were just thrilled to see him. But he's um, he's just he's just a really good kid and very soft spoken, the stereotypical Canadian, and I think that has a lot to do with how he's been brought up. Now, give us kind of an idea. Um, you know, we're 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 down here in uh, in Oklahoma, where uh, where football is king. What is the football scene like in at the high school level in in Edmonton or around Alberta? Virtually non-existent, to be <laughs> quite honest. It, it, because this is a hockey town, as uh, I think you guessed. The Edmonton Oilers are big in this town. Uh, we have probably the most dynamic player in the NHL, that being Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Um, high school football doesn't really register too much on the local sports scene. Now, now saying that, it that did change when Hubbard start, started to rise through the ranks. And um, he was an exciting player to watch. And you would see his old team, the Beth Facing Falcons, all of a sudden they were drawing more and more fans uh, coming out to see. But it's, uh, it really doesn't get that much attention. Uh, Chuba did do a lot to kind of change that well, for the time that he was up here. And obviously now um, there's a lot of people in Edmonton and Alberta in general who are watching his games with Oklahoma now. I mean, there's like viewing parties now. Like that, was, that, was, that, would have been, that would have been unheard of, you know, <laughs> up until a couple of years ago. But people, you know, get together. And they watch. They watch these games, and, and nobody really, nobody really knows what to make of what he's doing down there. And he's already reached a thousand yards. Now there's this conversation about him being in the mix for the Heisman Trophy. People don't really know what to make of it. But then when you see that he's also in the same conversation as as the likes of a Barry Sanders, everybody here knows who Barry Sanders right. is, and remembers the way he played, and they can't believe a local kid. It is part of that conversation now. It's just stunning, and and now I think it's, it's become really more exciting because now when you come into work or you, or even when you go down and watch that, there's a pro team here in the CFL. They're called the Edmonton Eskimos. 
And I even hear players down at practice saying, you know, guys that play the running back spot and go, well, you know, what did Hubbard do last week and all this kind of stuff. And they're watching the games as well. So it's really quite, it's different. It's very different for us. We're not used to a high school football or a former high school football player getting this much attention. Um, so it's new and it's, it's exciting. Now, what, um, what's it uh what's it like sort of just on a uh, on a on a broader scale just trying to uh get the games up there i'm i know that there are some some differences in you know what television networks are available there is it tough to uh to find the games at times well no, it's a lot easier now like i mean with the satellite packages and the different options you have i mean it's quite it's not it's not as hard as you think now but it's funny there was a couple of weeks ago i was in a sports bar on the weekend and they had obviously there was you know hockey games going on the, the, the baseball playoffs are going on this is the big crossover time when all the sports are kind of going at the same time and up there was a few tvs that were on uh on, you know that was dedicated to the Cuba hubbard game and that's what they call it the hubbard game <laughs> you know they're kind of like <laughs> that's it so it's it's no people can they, they, that's a good thing now people can access uh, these games and, and and watch them in, in bars and stuff like that. And, and you know, of course, the bar, the bar owners they have to cater to the clientele. And so, when when Hubbard's playing, uh, that's part of the scene. So, so I guess I guess their biggest nightmare though is uh, is is an Oklahoma State game and an, and an Oilers game crossing over at some point because there's that's oh, probably yeah. going to upset somebody on one side, right? <laughs> well, you're always going to have an Oilers game on, no matter what. Right, right. You're exactly. Have, but, but you'll but you'll have you'll have Oklahoma on as well now, and it's just uh, it's just different. Like I mean, I, I I don't remember ever seeing that. I mean, usually when. Uh, you know, you, you got the bowl games down there and, and, and stuff like that. Obviously, you'll have some TVs dedicated to the, the college uh, uh, football, but really, it's you know, hockey dominates up here. But like I said, there's a there's a certain segment of the population that is really enjoying this uh, this rise of uh, Chuba Hubbard and and what it means, and people are still trying to figure it out. But um, no, I mean, there's uh, there's definitely a lot of people that are, you know they. They know the team now, and they're starting to get more aware of the team. And, and, and um, like I said, you walk in on a, you know, on a hockey night, and you see, you know, an Oklahoma game on you know two or three screens. That's rare. That's yeah. extremely rare. Yeah. Um, how 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 fast has this been? And let's uh, let's be fully transparent. You and I got hooked up because you reached out to me to to come on uh, your your That's network right. to uh, to to yeah. discuss Chuba Hubbard. Uh, my uh, my yeah. partner Jacob Unruh has been uh, on a radio station in uh, in Edmonton to talk about Chuba. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, it seems like this has uh, this rise has has uh, th- this excitement has has generated pretty quickly and and gone to the high levels that you've uh, you've described in a in a pretty rapid pace yeah yeah i mean it's and it's really gaining traction like i mean what, what, like i said we're just trying that's why i wanted to talk to a guy like yourself who, you know covers football and and football down there is obviously at a totally completely different level than what it is up here so we're trying to gain some perspective on you know how Chuba's being received, what it, what it means, and all that kind of a stuff. But there's, it's, 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 it's actually stunning that we're, you know, talking about, you know, you know, college sports in in the states because, um, I mean, there's a lot of people up here in Canada that you know enjoy watching the big events, you know, the mm-hmm. big games. But if a couple of years ago, if you would have said, hey, did you see you know Oklahoma play on Saturday, you know, probably two out of ten would have said yes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. extremely. 
extremely rare, but he has changed the whole dynamics. And I mean, he came from his, like his impact when he was playing here uh, with the Beth Facey Falcons out in Sherwood Park. I mean, they were three-time conference champions. Uh, they won the Northern Provincial Championship twice, but they were never able to get over the hump to win the, the whole thing, like the whole provincial championship, because there's a team in Calgary that's been very, very, very good. But just to get the impression of since, you know, Chuba has left that high school, uh, I think they're, they're 0-5 right now, and they were 0-8 last year. Wow. Um, and, and before that, it was like they had a record of 10-2, and 11-1, and 13-1. I mean, they were dominant. <laughs> they were extremely dominant. And now that's the whole... That's the the ugly side of you know sports like football. I mean, everything is cyclical, right? You know, right. You've only got this three year window uh, to kind of to win while you can. Uh, and he was that good. And the, and the most amazing thing is like you would see teams, you know, just talking to oppose, uh, opposition coaches uh, that were preparing to face the Ben Facey Falcons. Everything, everything was centered around stopping Chuba Hubbard, and none of them could do it. And it was just like sometimes you would watch him in a game and it looked like he was floating. Like he wasn't really. I remember going to one of his games and we're, we're in the stands and we're shooting. And I'm going, yeah, he's fast, but he doesn't look that fast. And then I got field level and I was like, oh my God. Like <laughs> it, it was just, he was so smooth, like yeah. so smooth. And and like it was hard to, to kind of get a, a really accurate impression of how fast he was moving unless you got field level. And at field level, it was like, okay, I get it. I get it. He's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're exactly right. He just he just he just glides when he runs, and uh, you know, even though he's 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 bulked up now and has to be more physical and, and do things, but when he gets in the open field, um, you know, you see you see those track skills really come out in uh, in in yeah. the way that he takes off in in the open field. So, um, the last thing I'm I'm just randomly curious about what was it what was it like when you started realizing sort of the magnitude of his of his recruiting while while you guys were covering him and and you know started hearing the names of the programs that were actually interested in this kid um, you know Alabama being the uh, probably the biggest of uh, of the group uh, being that they've won so many national titles here lately um, what was uh, what was it like kind of uh, kind of familiarizing yourself with uh, with with that and how big of a deal that was becoming well we, uh, we we've had a lot of local athletes that have signed you know scholarships with the you know NCAA schools and mm-hmm. stuff like that but with Chuba, it was, you're right, it was the names of the teams that were recruiting him. Um, like, you know, you heard Alabama, I forget some of the other ones. Oklahoma State was obviously a big one as well. We knew about that. The thing that really stood out for me is that, um, or one of the notable things for me and a lot of people in his school and people that cover him was that, um, you know, the Cowboys gave him a dual scholarship, right? One mm-hmm. for football and one for track. And we knew that was extremely rare. But I remember on, on signing day, we went there and there was a ceremony in the high school and, you know, the gym was packed. And, and I remember as soon as he signed, as he signed the paper, I remember looking on Twitter and already um, Oklahoma State had put up like a little, like a little video. And that was like 20, 20 seconds after he signed. And and I was like, what? That is cr- like this is the big time, man. Like this is like uh, it, it felt like a like a pro- professional. It felt like a really a, a professional project, which of course it is. But I, we're just not used to seeing that. 
and the exposure that he was getting so early and, and, and the names of the schools and you're just kind of thinking, well, you know, they, when they go to, when they, when they go to play the Sooners, like how many people are at a game? What is it like 70,000 or something like that? And like that for us, that was just stunning. But to see this kid in Sherwood Park, you know, put pen to paper, 20 seconds later, there's a beautiful montage, you know, highlights of him in action and his name's all over and he's got all the school gear in it. And it was just like, wow, wow, this, uh, this is uh special. I mean, we know he's special up here, but I think the fact that there was so much hype about him kind of si- signing down there, or that's what it, what at least it looked like to us. Oh yeah, was oh okay, okay. That this is you know confirmation that he is he's a, a special athlete, and you know, and, and the fact that those big schools were going after him, that was just like okay, all right, now it's uh, he, he's he's reached another level. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's. He's definitely. It was definitely a big deal down here. I know for uh, for Oklahoma State when they landed him. So, well, listen, Adam. Thank you very much for uh, for taking some time to uh, to to join me here uh, again. Adam Cook from CTV, a sports reporter and anchor uh, on the uh, the television station there in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We'll take a quick break and be right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Once again, really appreciate Adam Cook from CTV in Alberta, Canada, coming on with us to uh, to talk about Chuba Hubbard and uh, sort of his insights from what Chuba was like as a young guy, what football was like in Canada uh, or is like in Canada. Um, some really entertaining stuff from from him on how big a deal Chuba Hubbard is in the Edmonton area. Um, all right, Jacob. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up with a, a, a few more thoughts from uh, from tonight and, and looking a little bit ahead. Now we do want to remind you we will have our uh, our end of the week podcast with the mailbag segment. So uh, be sure and get uh, get at us on Twitter at Scott Wright OK at Jacob Unruh. Uh, email if you want to as well. But uh, plenty of ways to get in and uh, and be a part of the show. So uh, get to us with that so we can um, dive into all the questions that you've got for us. In our segment, our mailbag segment at the end of the week, someone tweeted at us so we thought they were thought we were too soft on the grades last podcast. They, yeah, yeah. Justin, Justin thought we were a little a little soft with our grades, so we were a little too easy on on guys. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how it uh, how it balances out. We might uh, might come back around with a uh, uh, you know three quarter season uh, update in the next bye week and uh, and see how our grades have changed at that point. Um, one guy we got to speak to this evening was AJ Green, and he talked a lot about last year's game at Baylor and the uh, the Denzel Mims touchdown catch right in front of him. Um, I mean, literally, he was reaching around Mims trying to knock the ball out. It was, and and then Mims came down on top of him. Um, I thought I thought Green had maybe sustained a concussion in the uh, in the whole collision, but. Uh, no injury, but uh, but he was just so uh, so distraught uh, over having lost the game for his team that uh, that he was, you know, I saw him I saw him having to be helped off the field after uh, after the play, after that game was over, and, uh, which is why I thought he was injured. But mm-hmm. um, but it was a moment that 
has been uh, been imprinted in his brain. He said he replayed that play. He's always got it in the back of his mind. It's a play that, that motivates him, that drives him, uh, push him through off-season workouts, all those sorts of things. He's a, this is a guy that has uh, has really developed into a a pretty talented cornerback over his three years as a starter. I think he has a chance to go make some money in the NFL and uh, and do some some special things. But this is going to be a good test for him because Baylor, not just Mims, they've got a lot of dudes at receiver that can uh, that can do some damage. Uh, you and I were texting about that Saturday during the game. I said, man, Baylor receivers are impressive. Yeah. It's like every time I looked up, it was a different guy who looks the part and kept, caught everything and moves really well. And I thought, man, it's going to be tough on OSU secondary. Yeah. But I like, I know we graded them out pretty high on the secondary, but uh, they're, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, I think the secondary has been really impressive this year yeah. overall. Um, A.J. Green and Rodarius Williams both have been – um, I think really big strengths because you don't notice them much. Right, exactly. And that's good for AJ. Um, did he talk a lot about the motivation for this? What did he yeah. say on that? I know you're right yeah. about that. So I don't yeah. want to give everything away. but No, 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 it's, a, it's absolutely fine. It, it, there is a, there's a, a big motivation because of, uh, because of last year, um, because they know – that this is a team with some really talented outside receivers that they're gonna that they're gonna have in their face uh, every snap. You know, last year Charlie Brewer didn't even come in the game until the fourth quarter or uh, right before the fourth quarter started, and uh, and so they know that they'll have him for the entire game, uh, barring an, another injury. Um, but so that's uh, that's a, a, a difference this year, and Brewer is a different player this year. He's he's really improved and and has shown that he can hurt guys in a lot of different ways. Uh, you knew that he could run some. He seems to be making very good decisions when he does that. And then you uh, you add in all of those receivers and and some talented running backs as well. You've got a chance to uh, to really make something happen with that offense. So we'll see. He was uh, he he had he had his struggles. Brewer did against Texas Tech. Got picked off a couple of times. So you know that, that'll be uh, that'll be important. The center snap is going to be very important. Make yes. sure that it gets all the way back there. There are none of those "quote unquote" uh, illegal snaps. Yeah, where the center just um, snaps the ball up to his butt and drops it. Um, yeah, that was that was that was snaps. not a good call. That's that's one of the worst calls I've maybe ever seen, and that's including a whole lot of high school football games that uh, that, yeah. uh, that I've that I've covered. Yeah, that was too. a bizarre bizarre situation. I yeah I haven't seen a lot talked about on that to be honest which is kind of shocking to mm. me but I was not that was that was bad yeah I mean obviously the Big Twelve reached out pretty quickly it sounded like to uh, to Texas Tech to clarify that uh, that the wrong call was made um, not much you can do about it at that point it's not uh, we're not going back and replaying anything so um, you know I, I I was asked by some some OSU folks uh, you know who brought up their their central missouri game from a few years back and um you know i would still i still put that call higher than uh, than the illegal the, uh, central michigan yeah. was still a worse call yeah than uh, than this one but definitely this was uh, this was way up on the list really high on the list and uh, and obviously a crucial situation but um you know 
Texas Tech took the high road, and uh, and I think Matt Wells said all the right things, and 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 all of that. But hopefully, um, we'll have that issue this week. Let's just move yeah. on and yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, play not. some football, right? Exactly. Rather not have to deal with uh, officiating issues or uh, pregame penalties or any of the other bizarre <laughs> things that that <laughs> what happened a week in the Big Twelve with with half the conference off. Right. Exactly. It was it was a little odd. So um, things went things went a little haywire, but. Um, Big weekend this weekend, Oklahoma State. It's a uh, it's a weird game. Uh, you can almost see from each team's perspective how they could feel like the underdog in this game. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, obviously Baylor is ranked undefeated, uh, but they're but not favored. They're not favored, so they have reason to be considered themselves the underdog. Whereas Oklahoma State is four and two not receiving any votes in the poll but they are the favorite by the point spread so it's a it's a really strange situation so what do you think is going to happen oh i got no clue i, I mean no, no clue at all me either i don't know which osu team is going to show up yeah um yeah i i rode that roller coaster uh last year yeah. trying to figure out which uh which team was going to show up um you know based on on past experience i think that oklahoma state will come out focused and uh and uh, motivated and I think that will uh, that will carry them. Uh, I mean, I'm going to pick them to win. I don't know what score I'll pick. We can come back around to that in our uh, in our next podcast. I uh, haven't settled on that just yet, but uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game. Um, that said, I don't have really strong feelings that way. Yeah, I mean, they could uh, they could very well come out and uh, and you know have four more turnovers and uh, and give the game away. Yeah, I I'm with you. I'm kind of I lean towards OSU winning this, but. It could be, you know, it was a four-point spread. It could be by five, six. It could right. be by 21. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Baylor has blown fourth-quarter leads only to hang on somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last two weeks, they they get off to slow starts. So they can put themselves in a hole real fast against OSU's offense. Yeah. And they don't want to do that, obviously. Uh, but it could be the other way, too. OSU could come out with a slow start somehow. Right. And put themselves in a hole like they did against Texas Tech. Yeah. And not be able to get out of it, and so I don't know. But I'm with you. I think they're going to be motivated because I think they, I think coming off a bye week really helps them. Gets definitely gets even gain even more motivation. They have two weeks to sit on the loss, mm-hmm. um, and that stings. And so I think I think they're going to be in good shape. You know, I I don't I don't buy into the theory that that certain things like homecoming necessarily motivate a team. But it brings a lot of good energy into the building, and I think that has a positive impact. Um, I think I think teams are either motivated or they're not, and that's uh, that goes way beyond what happens on on a Saturday. But um, I do think that that homecoming is such a big deal at Oklahoma State that it brings a lot of good energy into the building, and it uh, it really helps. So I, I think, was going to say uh, I feel like OSU's homecoming is so different though that. It is. You can kind of, they can kind of feed off that. Yeah, maybe a little bit because it's yeah, just absolutely. different. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, it's it's a bigger deal than uh, than I've seen anywhere, including high school level. I mean, high schools go all out about homecoming, yeah. they but have, they have parades too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And bonfires and whatnot. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal, very big deal at Oklahoma State. So. All right, Jacob, with that, I think it's uh, time to wrap up this episode of the Cowboy Chronicles podcast, but uh, be sure to jump in if you want to get in the mailbag in our end-of-the-week podcast. We will uh, come back around to those questions then. 
for uh, for now. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. <laughs>